defaulting to asynchronous communication, I would say this is probably uh, a best practice. My conclusion from that is that if you switch to remote, maybe trying to force synchronous communication is probably not the best way to go because it may be, it may introduce a lot of fatigue for everyone, a lot of rigidity, and it would be counterproductive because you may be trying to import some processes and practices from in-office workflows into uh, remote collaboration. You are listening to the Managing Remote Teams podcast, the show taking a kind, cool-headed, and fair look at remote teams. I'm the host, Luke Shermer, and I've participated in or run distributed teams for almost a decade as a practitioner. I'm speaking with experts on leadership, strategic alignment, and remote work to help you navigate the issues you start facing after you get your working from home gear sorted. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. This is Luke Shermer from the Managing Remote Teams podcast, author of the book Align Remotely. And today we are continuing on with part two of the discussion with Thibault Clément, the CEO and co-founder of Loomly, a social media automation tool, and a fully remote-first team right from the very beginning. Uh, so in today's episode, we'll talk about things like why stand-ups are overrated and what Thibault's team does instead and why, uh, how Loomly itself prioritizes work and why they choose that approach also, we go into when Loomly uses a synchronous video call, despite their overall pretty heavy focus on async collaboration, primarily using textual mediums like chat, uh, despite an overall pretty async collaboration style in text, which they use on a day-to-day -day basis. So without further ado, let's dig in. Let's slightly change directions. You've been a remote-first company from the beginning, so yes. I'm sure you've got a lot of experience and advice and, and that kind of thing. Is there anything about remote that you think is commonly repeated, especially nowadays, that you think is actually completely wrong? Interestingly, yeah. So, yes, probably. I don't know if we do everything right. Uh, I, I wouldn't say so, but we try to get better every day. And I believe... Probably that the number one thing is that we saw in the past. Again, maybe I need to answer your question in, in two steps. First step is what we saw in the past when you still had the choice to work remotely, when it was not like remote for everyone. It was either remote or office. It was more like a stance than anything else. And, and we decided to work remotely. What we saw is that it was very important for a remote team to work successfully. One of the most important thing was actually probably hiring <laughs> and, and hiring right, because remote may not be for everyone, again, regardless of what we see these days. But, and so what we figured is that even before hiring someone, what was extremely important was to think about what your culture is, what your conventions are, what your expectations are. Because if you get that wrong, or if you just don't think about it, then you may hire someone who is extremely talented but who is not going to strive in your context, in the context of your company, because maybe that's not the way they work. In our team, I'm not ashamed to say that we were lucky to work with brilliant people, but who, for instance, were people who were happier 
in an office setting because they could interact more frequently in person with other colleagues and who needed this kind of office life. And I don't blame anyone for that. It's just, it's not what we do. And so once we realized that, then we know we focused on people who are actually actively looking for that. And this is very important because 90 or 95% of the work that we do at Loomly happens asynchronously in writing outside of meetings. We, we have very few meetings, very few calls, and, and the way it works is everything happens in writing. So if you are comfortable with that, if you're comfortable writing a lot, explaining your ideas in a concisory and relevant and, and, and succinct way in writing, then you will be very happy at Loomly. But if you are someone who needs to have a lot of uh, human interactions and seeing your colleagues and speaking with your own voice to your colleagues is what matters the most in your day, then you may not be happy at Loomly, regardless of how competent you are at your job in terms of hard skills. So yeah. I would say this would be the first, the very first thing, and it was before the pandemic. So hiring rights and to hire rights, you have to define what your culture is, what your expectations are. The second part of my question would be maybe post pandemic. And, and I or believe, during, you know, during or during post. pandemic, but yeah. yes, uh, what is uh, really important is how you keep a sense of cohesion in your team and, and how you avoid like double standards, especially if there are people who some may work in the office, some may work remotely. That's another thing that, you know, we're starting to see. And so, and the question is again, how do you, how do you implement the right workflows that make sure that the culture is still works and that people are still working as a team. And so there are a couple of things that are, you know, that matters, that matter for that, at least that work for us. I, I, I don't know for different companies, I guess it may be different, but for us, the importance of writing, when you work asynchronously, when you work remotely, some information may be shared over the phone, over zoom, and some information be, may be shared over email, just in an office where some information may be shared at the water cooler. What is important is that any kind of information that is central and critical for the team should somehow be in writing in some kind of centralized place that everyone has access to. This is extremely important because if you don't have that, then, you know, this creates a lot of frustration because some people will say, oh, I don't understand that I was not aware of that, or I was working on this. And if I had known, maybe I would have done it differently. And why was not it, why wasn't I invited into this meeting and this kind of thing? The way we do that at Loomly is that everything happens in GitHub for us, because what we do is we build a product. So we work a lot of with, with GitHub. And so we have tickets, we have PRs, we have all of these things. And the way we work is that anything that is said in an email or that is said in a zoom call or a phone call, or even on Slack in the chat, if it is critical for the team, it is restated in GitHub. And we find ourselves very frequently saying as discussed on Slack, as discussed on zoom, we decided to do this and that so that anyone who needs to interact with any specific project is always able to have a track record of whatever happened before and can refer to that and understand the context. So having this kind of, you know, centralized asynchronous communication, I believe is extremely important. Otherwise there will be a double standard of people who maybe talk to each other and people who don't, there will be a lot of misinformation and a lot of lost productivity, wasted productivity. If you have everything in Git, I assume you're talking also about like the, the wiki functionality and the documentation that it has also, it's not just the code. <laughs> if you have everything there, 
how do you decide priorities? Is that something that you do? Is it something that people come to you with things? Because the priorities piece is the most interesting one <laughs> for me. Okay. The first thing that you have to understand, and, and I believe that it's, I don't want to say it's a trademark of Loomly's, but I want to say it's in the DNA of Loomly. Going back to the first days when we started the platform, I was building the platform and my spouse Noemi was the first user and she was literally on the other side of the desk and I was pushing the commits that she would try anything, any update, anything new, and she would give me feedback. And then I would improve, then write more code, push the update and she would try and we would start this all over again. Mm -hmm. As we grew from those two persons to serving 9,000 marketing teams, it was very important for us to keep this feedback loop because we believe that customer feedback is gold. And to, I like to joke about the fact that I'm, I'm not a visionary, I'm just a good listener. I'm just listening to what my customers say when they tell me there is a bug to fix or that we can improve the UX in such and such way, or when they want a new feature. Probably the smartest thing we can do is just shut up and listen. As programs say, you want to make sure that you build something that people want. And I believe the best way to make something that people want is actually to listen to what they want. So. This is very important because we have structured many processes inside Loomly to be very attentive to that feedback. We speak with over 250 customers every single day, being in our chat, over email, on social media. And all of that mainly comes from our customer success team uh, or directly through me because every single user has my direct email address and can send me an email. So we take that. Uh, and all of that is basically saved into a document that maybe that's the exception. It's not on GitHub. It's a Google Doc. And so we have all the features that are requested and everything that we need to fix and basically the roadmap. And we update the number of requests for each item. And so from there, we have a very clear list of priorities. Whatever gets requested the most uh, usually gets uh, handled the, you know, first. So once we have that, then that is kind of leading me to the second part of my answer is that inside GitHub, we use GitHub project. You can just think of it as a customized version for us of uh, Kanban. And we just take tickets that correspond to each action item on the roadmap. And then we just uh, prioritize them accordingly inside GitHub. And that, you know, kind of leads me to the wrap up of my answer, which is that everyone in the Loomly team actually has access to GitHub and works on GitHub, not only the engineering team, but also the customer success team, because this is where all the knowledge is. Interesting, interesting. We went down a product rabbit hole, but... <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. We are a product yeah. company. I'm, I'm always happy to yeah. talk about that. So if you have everything in writing, what do you think of operational meetings like Agile stand-ups? I'm going to say something that is... Uh, Pretty con controversial. I hope I won't make too many enemies. We are not in, in the Loomly team. It's not only me. We are not big fans of stand-up meetings. We don't do them because in stand-up meeting, there is the word meeting and uh, we are not sure this is the best use of our time. What we do instead is that we have on Slack, we have this dedicated channel where every morning, whenever you start your day, sometimes it's later in the day because you forgot, you do what we call your DASH. DASH stands for Daily Asynchronous Stand-Up Howdy. And so basically, just, you just say, hey, good morning. Today, I'm going to work on this and that. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And to us, it feels 
the same purpose as a stand-up meeting where everyone has to log in and, and or actually stand up in a remote team. It would be, it would be Zoom or Slack. And you just say that, and I do it. Everyone in the team does it. We have an understanding and some knowledge of what's going on in the team and in the company. What doesn't matter to us is that we do it all at the same time on video. Also, we have team members from the West coast of the U S all the way to Europe. So that's not probably work out very well. Defaulting to asynchronous communication, I would say this is probably uh, a best practice. My conclusion from that is that if you switch to remote, maybe trying to force synchronous communication is probably not the best way to go because it may be, it may introduce a lot of fatigue for everyone, a lot of rigidity, and it would be counterproductive because you may be trying to import some processes and practices from in-office workflows into uh, remote collaboration. Yeah, I, I've used something similar in the past, like a, a Slack bot, which kind of asks people. And I think one of the things that I didn't quite get my head around was how to deal with the time zone aspect of it, where in, in my particular case, I think the spread on the team was like 12, 12 13 time zones. So it was quite significant. So if we had everybody do it in their morning, it's it basically meant that it would happen throughout the day and it was just yeah. hard to That's get what it we all. Do. And it, so you, so for you personally, when you see that they're all almost like real time updates, but it's yeah. just on a daily cadence. Yeah, exactly. So for instance, you know, I'm in, I'm in central time. And so basically I have the first person in the team is usually the person in Portugal who wakes up before me. And then, you know, when I wake up, I would see her dash. I would see what she is saying and working on today. And then I would probably do mine. And then the team on the West coast of the U S would do theirs. It's fine. Again, to me, what adds value is getting the information of roughly what's going on in the company today. Whether I have this information first thing in the morning from everyone or whether I have it throughout the day when these you know, team members actually start working, to me, doesn't make a big difference. What matters is that I have this information. And usually, yes, it coincides with when they start their, their day and so when the work is actually going to be done. So I think another aspect of good stand-ups, if they're done well, is that people interact with each other about how they can help each other out. Does that happen with your dashes or is it, or is it more just them updating you as to what's going on for the day? So it's not them updating me. It's everyone updating everyone. Okay. Uh, but the dash is only, or like it's only information being put into the dash. Think of it as like almost a log. Whenever someone, let's say an engineer is working on something and they need help, or they see that another engineer is going to work on another part of the product that may be conflicting with it, then what they will usually do is they will go to a uh, private channel and discuss that uh, on their own. So the dash is not where the interactions happen, but mm -hmm. the dash is where interaction may, interactions may be sparked. So in terms of remote work, what do you think works really well or people should start doing more of in terms of remote teamwork? Every month, once a month, we have an all team meeting. It's 
This time it's in video and it's the exception to the rule and we are all here. And so what we do is we look at the metrics, we look at what we have achieved in terms of product uh, development, in terms of uh, marketing and customer success improvements, any kind of hot topic. And sometimes we have a show and tell where someone from the team is explaining to everyone else, again, in video as a demo, something cool that they have worked on. It could be you know, like a, a new big product feature. It could be something on the DevOps side. It could be something with automation campaigns, these kind of things. And this is actually very important, I would say, practice because we are all working on our own things. We are very focused on our tasks. We interact very well. But this is the moment where we can see the results of what we have been doing for the past four to five weeks. And it's usually a good opportunity to celebrate any kind of victories that we may have had, be it like a revenue milestone, a new integration, like a great uh, press release or something like that. This is usually like a celebratory moment. It's also a good way to give credit to everyone in the team. So usually we say, hey, this person has done that. It's really cool. This person has done that. It's really cool. And this kind of things so that it's a uh, kind of a way again to celebrate everything we've been doing. And also it's a very strategic moment because whenever we're deciding on a cap or a general direction for the company, this is when we would be doing that. And it makes always a lot of sense because again, we just reviewed everything that we have done and the metrics that we have achieved and this kind of thing. I would say this is a very good practice for us because it's the opportunity to gather as a team, look back at what we've done and, and look forward to what we're going to do. So I would encourage that because if you are, if your team is distributed and everyone is working on their own thing, it may be easy to lose a sense of where we are all going and, and what unites us. And so this is very important, but there are many other ways to do it. And, and, and that could be more formal or less formal outside of the pandemic. I would say that the other thing that we were doing and that we are looking forward to doing again is that once every quarter we would fly everyone into the same place, be it California or somewhere else, so that we could spend two or three days together talking about things other than work and just like bonding and having fun and again, celebrating whatever we had achieved. Of course, this is something that we had to put on pause for now, but we are really looking forward to doing again. So that's interesting. Once a quarter, that's quite frequent. That's great. How could people find out more about you or Loomly? Where should uh, people look to find out more? You can go to loomly.com and you will learn about everything we do. You can sign up for your 15-day free trial. No credit card required. Unlimited features. It's a true free trial so that you can see the product for yourself and see if it's a good fit for you or not. And then otherwise, you can find me on LinkedIn and, and Twitter. Uh, and I'm always happy to, to connect and, and make new friends. Great. Thank you very much. That was a great wrap-up of the discussion with Thibault. Lots of fun. I think the main thing that I got out of the discussion, which uh, I think I probably didn't really think enough about before, uh, using video for celebration. Uh, In-person video, like a Zoom call. Um, not just as an accountability or as an operations tool, which is kind of how it's typically thought of. Um, share and show what's been achieved, uh, bask in the glow together, get everyone clear on, yeah, what's, what's, what's working well and uh, how things are going along. Tune in next time and see you then.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Managing Remote Teams podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts and reach out to us on Twitter or LinkedIn with any feedback or thoughts that you have for a future show.